It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. I am Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show. The guys are live from 5.30 until 10 on your radio home for the Chicago Cubs. Of course, that is 6.70 the score. This is season one. It is episode 35. We are calling this the Miami Miracle. And as always, I'm joined by my buddy Crowley. Crowley, how are you on this Thursday afternoon? I got to be doing better than the Marlins bullpen, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, let's get right into it, Crowley. Let's get into our recap, our news, our scores, and a little bit more. Game one, back on uh, Monday night, had Wade Miley throwing for our Northsiders. That was the one game I was confident in, let me tell you. Game one, Wade Miley versus (laughs) Edward Cabrera. Looks good from the start. Chris Morrell with the solo home run in the top of the third to give the Cubs a 1-0 lead. Zach McKinstry hit by pitch. Ian Hab doubles. 2-0. Looks pretty good, right? Bottom of the third with one out. John Birdie, who, man, he is just really, he looks really good as a player, but he answers with a solo home run. Marlins trail 2-1. This is where things kind of go crazy. Charles LeBlanc reaches on an error by Chris Morrell. So that's E5, right? And then Brian Anderson's hit by a pitch. Garrett Cooper lines out to McKinstry with two outs. Nick Fortes hits a ball. The bat shatters and like goes right to uh, David Bodie. Looks like I was hoping it wouldn't impale him. And then, uh, and then the ball literally hits off the base. So it what looked like an easy inning ending play is now everybody's safe. You got the bases loaded. The next batter, Brian De La Cruz hits a grand slam and the Cubs are down five to two. Just a, unfortunate series of events yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of those unfortunate series of events in this series Crowley you could uh cue up that bad news bears music at any point yeah bottom of the fourth Josh Groshen walks uh Gerard Encarnacion singles John Birdie singles Groshen scores Encarnacion to third Cubs are down 6-2 wild pitch allows Encarnacion to score Birdie goes to second the Cubs trail 7-2 Charles LeBlanc walks the night's over for Wade Miley. Just a shocking uh, outing for Wade Miley. Jeremiah Estrada comes into the game. He walks the first batter, Brian Anderson, to load the bases, but then strikes out the next three batters swinging to end the inning, which looked good, but then he got sent down to the minors afterwards. So congratulations, <laughs> kid. Uh, here's your bus ticket to Iowa. Top of the fifth, Hermosillo walks. Morrell flies out. McKinstry doubles. Florida has a 7-3 to three lead. The Cubs would not score anymore. Rucker would give up a run in the seventh. Rowan Wicks always counted on to be giving up a couple runs in the eighth. Uh, final Marlins 10, Cubs 3. 
Yeah, not uh, not the greatest of starts, and uh, I thought, uh-oh, here we go. I thought the kind of the Cubs, that lineup that they put out there didn't do a whole heck of a lot for me, and I thought maybe they were uh, tucking their tail between their legs and uh, looking forward to trying to get back home with a stop in Pittsburgh in between. Well, Miley was the shock there. He just didn't have it all game. I mean, I know it was some bad luck not in between all. there, yeah, but he just, just wasn't hitting his spots. Three innings pitched, seven hits. Seven runs, only three of them were earned because of the error on Morrell. Two walks and two Ks. The offense had three runs on six heads, eight left on base, one for eight with runners in scoring position. McKinstry was two for four. For the Marlins, Cabrera, five innings pitch, three runs, three hits, three walks, four Ks. Their offense had 10 runs on 14 hits, eight left on base, five for 16 with runners in scoring position. Birdie, three for five with two RBIs. LeBlanc, two for four. De La Cruz, two for five with the Grand Salami. And Rojas, three for four. Yeah, so not exactly the way we wanted to start. But the good thing is, and what's nice about baseball, Crowley, is that they sing the national anthem every day. So the Cubs had a chance to get a win in game two. And they had Adrian Sampson on the hill going against uh, Pablo Lopez, who uh, likes to throw a lot of strikes and likes to strike a lot of people out. Adrian Sampson, who we shall now refer on this podcast to as the giant slayer. Pablo Lopez... (laughs) No problem. Jacob DeGrom, easy peasy. Corbin Burns, bring it. Adrian Sampson, not rattled. Bottom of the second, J.J. Blade walks. De La Cruz singles. Jacob Stalling grounds into a double play. Jordan Groshen singles, and the Cubs trail one to nothing. And that's how it's going for a long while. Okay, Adrian Sampson gives up one run, but in the top of the seventh, David Bodie with a monster home run. The game is tied at one. Top of the eighth. Michael Aramosillo hit by a pitch. My God, Don Mattingly had to have been beside. How do you hit Michael Aramosillo, who's batting like .075? McKinstry with a bunt. Everybody's safe. And then Esteban Quinoz, who has was five years in the minor league, seven years in the Mexican league, making his debut. He gets a bunt. Everybody's safe. Bases loaded. David Bodie with the sack fly. Cubs are up two to one. And Rebus strikes out to uh, Bodie sack fly comes up two ones and happen Rebus strike out to end the threat. Okay, so you think about that inning right there, hit by pit, hit by pitch, two bunts, a sack fly. I mean, like it's it's it's, it's you got to be wondering what's going on, and that's the final. Cubs two, Marlins one. Samson, old reliable, six innings pitched, eight hits, one run, one walk, three Ks. Alzali, we talked about this before. I wasn't thrilled with him getting the multiple innings um, the first time out, but now the second time out, he's he able to go a couple innings, get two Ks, and Brandon Hughes with the save. The offense, two meager runs on six hits, six left on base, one for six with runners in scoring position. Uh, Kairos was two for three, Higgins two for four. Bodie had both RBIs in the games. Uh, for the Marlins, Lopez went 6.2 innings pitch. He gave up five hits, one run, and six Ks. Uh, the offense, one run on nine hits, six left on base, one for eight with runners in scoring position. LeBlanc, two for four. Groshans, two for three. Yep, and I thought of you, Crowley, when uh, when that happened with the uh, with the bullpen and Alzale after we had just talked about it in the last podcast. So it was good to see that they did that again, and this time it worked out. Also, we had talked about Lopez's strikeout numbers. Did you, did you, ever, did you look before the game? Have a, have a guess of what his over-under strikeouts were? I'm going to guess 12. <laughs> Six and a half. 
Six and a half. Six yeah. and a half, and he just missed it. Just uh. he had a bunch of Cubs in t- in two strike counts, you know, and then a little uh, little chopper, a little pop up in the first two innings. He went one two three one two three, didn't strike anybody out. So it was really uh, it was really crazy how good those guys out in the desert are to put that total at six and a half, and he lands on six. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, but that's why I'm not a betting man, Dustin. Yeah, well, we moved to game number three, and we had a little adjustment in the uh, pitching situation as uh, Drew Smiley needed a little extra time, so Marcus Stroman stepped up and uh, took the ball in game number three last night. Stroshow versus Jesus Lusardo. Uh, again, another pitcher's duel. None of these lineups all that impressive. Bottom of the fifth, yeah. Brian De La Cruz hits a ground rule double. Nick Fortes homers. The Cubs are down 2 nothing. Two batters later, Lewin Diaz also homers, so the Cubs trail 3 nothing. Really, the only hiccup in Stroman's day was that fifth inning, but you give up two bombs, that's not great. Top of the seventh, Patrick Wisdom hasn't been the same with that hurt finger. It really has been affecting him, but good to see him hit a home run. Marlins lead 3-1, and now we get into this wacky top of the eighth. McKinstry and Morrell draw back-to-back walks. How you can walk both of those guys, like I said, Don Mattingly had to been banging his head in the dugout. Esteban Kairos for the second night in a row with another bunt, a throwing error by, pitch in, by relief pitcher Stephen Okert. McKinstry scores, Morrell to third, Kairos to second. The Cubs trail three to two. Bodie reaches on a fielder's choice. Morrell scores. Kairos goes to third. The game is tied at three. Hap with a sack fly. Cairo scores. They take a 4-3 lead. They score two runs without a hit. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. I was following along online, watching that game. I had it on the radio, was doing some other things, and I just could not believe what was going on. I had that game tucked away and packed away and thought the Cubs were going to lose that one for sure. And that's why Miami is where they are. You know, they, they, they have a worse record than the Cubs. And, and obviously this is showing you exactly why, Yes. Um, you know, Stroman went six innings pitch, five hits, three runs, one walk, seven Ks. But if you think about it, three of those five hits he gave up were in the fifth inning, including two home runs. So, you know, again, I don't know what happens sometimes, but he kind of has these little blips and, you know, uh, Keegan Thompson comes in and he goes, Three innings pitch, one hit, zero runs, one walk, six Ks. This is a preview of what you're going to see a lot of next year. This is what I'm telling you. You're going to see two pitchers, three tops for most of the Cubs next year. This is Stroman and then Thompson. You're going to see. You're going to see a lot of this stuff happening. It's very interesting, Crowley. I wanted something I wanted to ask you about, and you've already told me how you feel about that. That that's how you see things going. But in that case, with with a Keegan Thompson coming in in that setup, does that mean is he available like twice a week? You think in that setup, or is he only available every fifth day? No, no, no. I think he's going to be available a couple times a week. Okay. Very and interesting. Very have, interesting. If you have two guys like that, and you can guarantee the entire bullpen doesn't work you know, two days a week. And like, let's say you take somebody by like, okay, we, we talked a little bit about the pitching before where we talked about, you got Hendricks, you got Stroman and Justin Steele three, Justin, our uh, Drew Smiley and the Cubs have a deal, but they both have to agree to a mutual option. And you would hope that they would add one more pitcher who that is. We don't know. But then if that's the case, you have a lot of these young guys like Samson, the giant killer and Keegan Thompson, and maybe Javier Assad that could potentially go two to three innings 
And if you if you just have two of those guys that can work out like that, you have two days where you're essentially probably not going to need to use the bullpen that much. That's going to give those guys plenty of rest and make them all better. Yeah, very interesting. Definitely something to uh, think about, to consider, and uh, to uh, ponder for sure. So some of the roster moves we just talked about. So Keegan Thompson was reinstated. Uh, Estrada, you made the little joke about the bus ticket. That would have been a hell of a bus ride for Miami, too. So hopefully he did not have to take a bus to uh, get back to uh, AAA. How about the minor <laughs> leagues, Crowley? I thought of you last night as well. The minor the minor leaguers doing some, uh, doing some winning and... Uh, our favorites down in uh, South Bend, they're the champs. Yeah, well, you know, we have two playoff series. I, again, Myrtle Beach was eliminated, which, you know, bummer on that one. The Tennessee Smokies right now are playing one of my favorite minor league teams, the Rocket City Trash Pandas. I mean, if that's not a classic uh, uh, minor, minor league, league name. name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what is. And where exactly, Crowley, is Rocket City? Rocket is that Houston? I mean, I would guess Houston, but I'm, I'm guessing I'm wrong just because of NASA and whatnot. But The Rocket City, I want to say, is in Alabama. Okay, I put you on the spot a little bit there. Sorry. Yeah, there is some kind of... There is some kind of like aviation thing in Alabama. Yeah, they're in Alabama. So, you know, they're playing a best of three series, unfortunately. Uh, so this is for the Southern League's Northern Divisional Playoffs. So there's the Northern and the Southern Divisions uh, in the Southern League. And the Smokies are in the first postseason for the first time since 2013. So they lost the opener 9-5 to to the Rocket City Trash Pandas, which was frustrating. Um, Pandas got a 1-0 uh, lead in the series, so... Uh, they jumped out early against the uh, smoky starter, Riley Thompson, you know, right two pitches into the game. Preston Palmero had a two-run blast to give the uh, Trash Pandas the lead, and they're never going to relinquish it. Uh, Thompson surrendered seven runs, including a pair of homers in 4.1 innings. Tennessee's going to try to make a run. Uh, they cut the deficit down with a three-run six inning. Cole Roeder, who's been hitting a lot of home runs lately, hits his six home run in 10 games to make it a game. Uh, Jonathan Peralta went deep in the ninth to pull the Smokies within four runs, but that was it. Game two tonight at 6.35 Central Time in Madison, Alabama. Madison, Alabama. There we go. Madison, Alabama. And, You're uh, you know, ahead, like, yeah, and so this is a best of three. So tonight, you want to watch Tennessee. We had um, Mick Gillespie on the show, great friend of the show, and he is going to be somebody that um, – uh, he's going to be calling the game, and so it, it. Hopefully, they end up. They have to win tonight, or it's go home. Win or go home. Do or die for our people down in uh, the Rocket City Pandas and the. <laughs> oh boy, that I mean, that, I I now want to like look up, look that up, throw that in the Google machine in the uh, in the Tennessee Smokies. So we're uh, we're pulling for the Smokies tonight. We do have something exciting. And that is that our South Bend Cubs are the Midwest League champions. Okay. They won it in 2019. There was no minor league season in 2020. They didn't win it in 2021, but in 2022. So in the last three seasons, they've been the champion twice. And again, our friends over at South Bend, um, I was at the game Sunday night, game one, the one they lost. And uh, they put up a sign for Fly the W. Uh, they welcomed us at Four Wind Fields. And just absolutely, um, it was so exciting. The game was just great. Porter Hodge, who we had on the show, was the starter. He had a great start, uh, 55 strikes he threw. He was just absolutely phenomenal. Luis Verdugo with a home run. Owen Cassie with a home run. Pablo Aliendo with a home run. 
And so it was exciting. You know, the Cubs, in, in, they, they scored five right away in the third. And if you remember that game I went to on Sunday, they scored five early and took an early lead. Lake County, it was really weird because the Cubs were using a lot of power, a lot of home runs, whereas like with Lake County, is death by a thousand cuts. It seemed like every ball they hit just went off the fielder's glove, just missed it, little chopper, something goofy. They scored three to come back. And then South Bend scores two in the fifth. And so they're up seven, nothing Lake County scores one more in the eighth, but that's not enough as South Bend wins seven to four. And I mean, the Cubs in general, they have really done just such a job with the minor leagues. Andrew Berlin is the owner of the South Bend Cubs. He's a great guy. The facilities, the field is beautiful. The, the entertainment value is phenomenal. Um, we've had Max and BK, both of those guys on the show. The, the, it, it's just fun, man. And, and, and I'm just so proud of those guys, especially you know, we've had so many of them on the show, whether they were with Myrtle Beach or whether they were with South Bend. But Porter Hodge, I mentioned, Cole Franklin, um, all of these guys that are uh, Tyler Schlafer, they're just phenomenal. They've been on the show. They've been so supportive of us. I could not truly be happier for this organization. And, again, Cub fans, I keep telling you, the future looks bright. You have three or four minor league teams in the postseason, one that won a championship. I mean, this is exciting stuff. Yeah, you got to be excited. You got to get on board. And it's always nice to see good things happening to good people, Crowley. So that's uh, good for the uh, good for the Cubs South Bend team in that one. 